Welcome to Mornings with Martin, and today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And we'll go right into our text. Here's what it says. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. And the time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus at his side. And so he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire." But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And he answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. That's our text. So, <clears throat> I think how I want to do this, first, how we often talk about this parable, or this, this story, what the actual point of it is, and then what the applications would be for us today then. So first, when we read through this story, uh, there's, there's a giant debate uh, within the theolo- theological world. Is this a parable, or is this not? Because often, not exclusively, but often, Jesus will start a parable uh, with saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, Or uh, the text itself will say, and then Jesus told them this parable, and then the parable. But here, it just goes directly into, after a pretty straightforward teaching uh, concerning uh, adultery and, uh, and divorce, right into that, he goes into this story. Why? And so it is odd. It's an odd placement. And yet I look at this and I say, I, I, I imagine that this is a parable. It, it smacks of parable language. Uh, it's, you know, Jesus sets this scene. He's identifying different characters in this story. He, he goes through details that, uh, that you know, no one else could, could know. Uh, and so could it be an account and a, and a real thing? Well, I suppose it could be. It's not a salvation issue if it is. Uh, But more than likely, in my interpretation of this, I would say this is a parable. This is Jesus teaching us something about uh, the word of God and its truth. And that's how it ties into the text prior is, look, these are the teachings of Scripture, and you haven't applied these things. And now the question is, how do you escape from this, uh, this wrath of not obeying the word of God? But instead of 
focusing on the, that message. Instead, we often get kind of lost in this, uh, I'll, I'll call it a parable, uh, but we get lost in this story because we start saying like, oh, you know, is this the same Lazarus from the book of John? And we would say, mm, probably not uh, because, you know, Lazarus definitely didn't die as a homeless person. He died living with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Um, so not that. Uh, and then we would start questioning like, well, how cool in this text, we get this description of heaven. We get this description of, of hell. And so heaven is this place where you're at the side of Abraham and um, and that's a great place of comfort and rest. And apparently there's cool water there as well. And then uh, hell or Hades, as it says in the text, is this place of torment. And apparently this rich man is is on fire, uh, a, a terrible consequence for his for his lifestyle and, and choices. And we get really lost on what does heaven look like? And, and is there a chasm between heaven and hell? And and what does that mean? And can you see people on the other side? And, you know, and we get really into this. And that's like, that's not the point. Like the point of this is not so that we could have a better description of heaven or hell so that we could try to figure out all the details of that, uh, of that time and that place. Instead, Jesus is, is talking about this particular uh, rich man who's rich, not because he was, did all the right things, but because he's, uh, you know, not taking care of those who are in need. He's, he's hoarding his wealth. And uh, typically in this time and age, uh, there were rich people uh, who were God-fearers. And yet uh, most of the time, if you were rich and you were an Israelite living under the thumb of Rome, you were probably rich because you were extorting people. So you were probably not having balanced scales. You were probably hoarding what you did receive and not taking care of, of those who even would be at your, at your doorstep and begging for it. Uh, and so we have this situation. He's not in hell because he's rich. Instead, uh, he's rich because he's not loved his neighbor. Because he's not been faithful to the Lord. Because he hasn't repented. I mean, he even says, like, send someone to my brother so that then they will repent. Because he recognizes that his actions were not godly or moral or righteous. But what do we see? It's not, uh, it's, it's not going to be that, like, I'm going to be the one. Like, you know, some ghost is going to somehow appear and, and say, ah, this is the, the way to go. Instead, what does Jesus say? He says, how you're going to learn repentance is by looking at the scriptures because the scriptures point to the sinfulness of mankind and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the rich man who's there in hell says, yeah, but if someone from the dead comes back, then they'll believe, right? And this is clearly a, a depiction of Pharisees, right? They know the scriptures. These Pharisees, they know all the word of God, but they don't recognize that this is concerning Jesus, and so Jesus tells us uh, in this parable through the words of, of, of Abraham saying, if they won't believe Moses and the prophets, like if they don't get this from the scriptures, they're not even going to believe the resurrection, which foretells exactly that very same thing. They didn't. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They actively tried to cover it up. And so 
The point is, the scriptures point us not just to our good works, but they point us to God's great grace. And once we're, you know, once that choice is made in, in life, then yeah, there are those consequences of, of heaven or hell. Uh, that's, that's a reality, but that's not the focus. In fact, uh, if, the, if the goal then is to warn the other brothers, those who are still alive, who yet need to repent, then this story is, is great, uh, a great exhortation for you and for me that in this life, that we ought to listen to Moses and the prophets. We ought to look at the word of God and to see God's commands as something that we should adhere to, not something to be optional for us. And so here is this rich man who acknowledged he didn't repent. He didn't love his neighbor. He was unfaithful. And this was his consequence because he didn't believe in this word of God or put it into action in his life. And so now we have this same charge is look to the word, look to the word and, and know that your charge is to love your neighbor. Your charge is to love one another. Your charge is to care for those who are, who are in need. And so instead of getting lost into the, what does heaven look like and what does hell look like? Maybe instead of focusing on what that's going to be like, because we know that it's going to be good because we're in Christ, instead, let's focus on the charge that we have right now to go and love our neighbor. You know, that's the the old joke. You know, we, we spend so much time focusing on the future that we forget to live in the present, right? And as Christians, we're super guilty of that, right? We, we, we look at all the things of, oh, this is, this is going to be such a great thing, and this is what heaven's going to be, and and that's my eternal home, and that's all true, all true. Um, but we, if we are only stuck there, then we're not actually putting into practice the words that God gave it gave to us. We're not loving our neighbor, and so that's that's the charge that I would hear in this text as we as we look at uh, this rich man and Lazarus. It's not like, hey don't be rich. It's not, hey, make sure you're poor. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with faith. And if you're rich in faith, then that shows itself out in our lifestyles and our actions and in our choices. So let's not be so consumed with the future that we're not loving people in the present. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that you give to us so uh, consistently, so readily through Jesus Christ, that each and every day we can uh, we can know that our sins are forgiven, that we can rest uh, not just at Abraham's side, but rest at your side in your kingdom when you come again in glory or when you call us home. Lord, and that's a great future for us, and yet there is work to be done here, and that work is to uh, to to do the work of, of of warning other people, but also of loving other people. And so, Lord, give us hearts of passion that would, that would seek those who are in need and, and just love them. Love them where they're at. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.